Welcome to the Bluffcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to already the fourth Bluffcast. Uh, this time I have a very charming lady from the Copenhagen area who lives in Bulgaria right now. And around Plovdiv, she has her own wine tour business. Her name is Zina Sorensen. Welcome, Zina. Thank you for uh, allowing to be on my podcast. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Thank you. So, Zina, Good. how long are you already living in Bulgaria? I have been in Plovdiv since 2014, the beginning okay. of 2014. Yes. I moved here with my, well, I moved here to be with my then boyfriend, now husband. Mm-hmm. So I moved here for love. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good reason. And your, your, your boyfriend is of your husband right now. He is Bulgarian, right? Yes, he's Bulgarian. Yes. I okay. met him in Sweden. So it's a bit of a funny story, but we met, mm-hmm. it, we met in Sweden. We were both studying there. Um, he was a year over me. So we mm-hmm. had like a very brief overlap. We didn't study together, but we studied at the same place and we studied the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, What did you study? Um, I'm very curious. <laughs> okay, well, we studied um, environmental management and policy. It was mm-hmm. a master's program. And we, the university was the um, Lund University. So mm-hmm. in the town of Lund, which is not far from Malmö mm-hmm. in South Sweden. And um, the institute was called the Environmental, uh, the Institute of Environmental Economics, uh, Environmental Economics. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Interesting. So, yeah. So we met there at the institute and yeah, we liked each other. And so after roughly a year of uh, long distance uh, dating, long distance mm-hmm. relationship. I decided to move here when I uh, finished my studies. Did he invite you or did you tell him, I'm coming? (laughs) Well, we were trying. So basically, 2013, I ended up spending quite a lot of time here uh, writing my thesis, my master's thesis. So I spent Mm -hmm. like the whole summer. It's like a whole semester, right? So I was here for quite a few months. And we were like traveling around Bulgaria because I was interviewing uh, winery owners or winery managers Mm -hmm. so we ended up like traveling around Bulgaria together and we started talking about the future and it was very unclear you know like basically I didn't know what was going to happen after I finished my studies I was obviously going to try to find a job and I also figured Oh, for a, a foreigner, it must be so difficult to find a job in Bulgaria. So yeah. I was just open to like finding a job anywhere in the world. And we talked about him potentially following me mm-hmm. wherever yeah. I would find a job. And then I'm trying to remember. I mean, basically what essentially happened was I didn't really find a job anywhere. And um Uh, during my um, thesis research, I had, you know, because I was writing about Bulgarian wineries uh-huh. and Bulgarian wine tourism, we already had this idea of opening a wine tourism business, a tour operator, because mm-hmm. during my research, we discovered that there was such a gap, you know, there was such a need mm-hmm. for people in Bulgaria to bring tourists to wineries like Mm -hmm. you know you hear about wine tourism and we all know that like France France, has wine tourism Italy you know Spain Napa Valley in the U.S. but when when what I discovered in back in 2013 when we were visiting wineries was that nobody was visiting wineries 
And so we just figured, okay, there is something here. There's an opportunity here. There's a need for like a middleman, right? Between the visitor, the tourist, the person and the winery. So we already had that idea, but then, you know, you always think to yourself, oh, starting your own business. That sounds, Mm. that sounds really risky, scary. And, and so I just kind of like put it in the back of my mind, you know, and then we just thought, okay, let me just Mm -hmm. try to find another job, but I couldn't find another job. (laughs) And then I, I remembered interviewing a person in Bulgaria and they were like a Bulgarian Danish tour company. And so I ended up reaching out to them and they actually offered me a job. So when I got here in 2014, I already had a job, uh, which was pretty cool. And I was actually working um, with Scandinavians. So I was mm-hmm. using Danish Ooh. every day. And it, it, Vikings it meet was, each other. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was cool, right? Because the job was also based in Plovdiv, not in Sofia, which was great because my, yeah. my boyfriend, my husband lived in Plovdiv. And so... Yeah. I ended up working almost two years at this travel company, um, this this uh, travel agency, um, and just using my own language every day. Mm-hmm. And then um, eventually, eventually we returned, like we revisited the idea of opening our own little wine tour business. And we ended up launching, like we ended up registering Bulgaria wine tours in 2014 and then launching it in 2015. So Super. While we both were working with other jobs, we, on the side, mm-hmm. part-time, we were like slowly uh, building up our own business. Cool. Sounds like a very good story. And, and what I liked about it is that you, well, when you did the study, probably you not, didn't even think about that. When you started your, your research, you were not researching it because you wanted to start a business. What was actually the, the purpose of that study? Because you're talking about environmental uh, 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 management, something like that. How how does it connect with what making wine? Because I'm curious about <laughs> that. Like, are there a lot of environmental problems with wine with 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 that? Or so that wasn't my focus actually at all. Because, ah, okay. You know, my background, yeah, my background before doing this master's program is in tourism. So ah, okay. I spent, you know, I've been in the hospitality industry for over ten years. Before, before doing my master's program, I was working in hotels, in five-star hotels for many years, for many years, several years. Mm-hmm. And before that, I was studying um, hospitality management in Dubai. So, so my bachelor's degree is in hospitality management. And then okay. I've got several years working in the hotel industry. So, um, and then I decided to add on this master's where you're looking at um, environmental issues and sustainability I really wanted to get into like um, um, like sustainability in the tourism like sustainable tourism Mm -hmm. which I ended up not really doing but in a Mm -hmm. way it's pretty it's pretty cool that I'm now working with wine tourism in Bulgaria because wine tourism isn't is you know it's an it's an alternative type of tourism Yes, yes it's small scale it's not like mass tourism and yeah. so you do have a lot of opportunities to make it sustainable. And, and so maybe in a way, there's a few, you know, things there that were what I was looking for, what I was wanting to do with my life. Um, no. So my thesis was actually looking at, um, was looking at wine tourism as um as a way to achieve uh, 
more sustainability in rural areas of Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was and, thinking exactly that. Yeah, because I studied yeah. rural development and this, this would be an activity that I would say like, hey guys, because in, in the rural development, you, you want to have this small scale tourism to go to small smaller farmers or to go to, to people that, you know, uh, that, that bring extra information or something that's interesting, but not like the, the big scale uh, tourism with like buses and people with yellow flags and, and these kind of things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was looking at it from almost two different um, vantage points. I was looking at it in the sense that like Bulgaria is so famous for tourism at the Black Sea. Mm -hmm. Right. So like in during the summer. So for a short period of time, um, the Black Sea coast is just, you know, um, overrun by tourists and it's yeah. on a mass scale and it's mm -hmm. not ne necessarily very sustainable. Not really. Um, no. And then, of course, there's a little bit of winter tourism. Right. We have some ski resorts. Um, so yeah. you have some ski ski tourism. But then uh, for many years, what Bulgaria has suffered from is you know, not having all year round tourism and mm -hmm. also just having, you know, tourism, tourism at these specific locations yeah. and not having a lot of tourism where people explore the rest of the country. Right. And mm -hmm. so yeah. um, there was like a great need to like diversify the tourism product into all the other things that Bulgaria has to offer, like rural tourism, adventure tourism, like hiking and horseback riding, cultural tourism and spa tourism, like all these alternative types of tourism. Yeah. And one of them is wine and food, right? Because yes. uh, we have wonderful wines in Bulgaria. And unfortunately, around the world, people don't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is one of the things. Yet. Is, does, um, sorry to interrupt you, but does Bulgarian wine have has an image problem, do you think? Um, so, uh, I guess... So from what I can understand is back in the, um, during the socialist uh, times here, production of Bulgarian wine was very high. So there was a very high production and um, a very high export. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I talk to the older generations of people in the UK or Germany um, or Poland and all these places, um, they will remember Bulgarian wine from like the 80s, you know, mm -hmm. and they will they will say it was, you know, cheap, but good. And um, and especially the sort of um, to this day, actually, um, you know, Poland is still one of our biggest importers. Oh, um, OK, I didn't know that. So, yeah. So so and, you know, all the former um communist countries um also east germany etc like bulgarian wine was popular there mm -hmm. and then of course you know after the changes in the country the production fell drastically because everything was then um privatized again like reprivatized decentralized um giving back um mm -hmm. giving back the fields the what the 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 vineyards and to the original owners and of course it had a drastic impact on on uh, production so production yeah. fell so today you won't really find bulgarian wines um very easily in the world right so yeah. if you go to supermarkets if you walk into like a supermarket a big supermarket like one of those really large ones in in any western european 
country, you mm-hmm. will, you might be lucky to find like one Bulgarian wine. I mean, you yeah. you probably won't find one. So to find Bulgarian wine, you know, they'll maybe you'll find it in like specialized wine shops, or you'll have to like find it on some sort of online wine shop if you're yeah. living in in Europe. So it's not it's not easily available, accessible. And then when it is, it's a little expensive. Like we both, like we both know, like in the Netherlands, if you walk into a big supermarket, like you can find wines for like five euros or whatever, you know, and, and Bulgarian wines tend to not be, uh, they tend to be a little more expensive than that. And then they face a bit of a challenge, right? Because it's a bit like, well, why would I pay um 10 euros for a bulgarian wine like i don't even know what that is you know mm-hmm. so so there's yeah. there's you know it's 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 not so much that it has an image problem as if like a negative image it's more like people just don't know them and can't find them and don't mm-hmm. have access to them like people don't even know that bulgaria produces wine not let alone good yeah. wines so i, I- I didn't know that. I did, I would never thought. You know, when I go to Bulgaria, I mean, when I went to Bulgaria, I also was here since I'm also here since 2014, and this is what I tell people. What did you know before I came? You came here. I say, uh, well, the capital is called Sofia, and you yeah. have and you don't have the in Bulgaria doesn't have the euro, uh, because well, that was for me. So I had to you know recalculate the salary that was I was going to get in a call center. I said that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, me I had too. no idea. Me too. Me too. I also only knew like Sofia and I only like Sunny Beach and that's like it. I didn't even mm. know there was skiing. Like I hardly even knew where it really was, you know. <laughs> mm. like, I, I so. knew that they had the, the, which because it's, you know, we know that the Cyrillic is Bulgarian, but I knew, oh yeah, this is the European country that has the Russian alphabet. You know, this oh, is yeah. how most Ooh, people Russian. say. So I like <laughs> the Russian alphabet and, you know, yeah. Bulgarians don't like that most of the time when you call it the Russian yeah. <laughs> alphabet. But yeah, well, I had to find out the hard way. Anyhow, mm-hmm. uh, so um, for your for your business, um, do you have like local customers or do you have uh, international customers or do you specify maybe for only for Danish people because you are Danish and you have your contacts there or or how does it go? Oh, so it's it's mostly like international. It's foreign visitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't get many Bulgarians. Um, so yeah, no, it's definitely more like ninety, more than ninety five percent international. So most of our customers um, are from the UK, the US, so mm-hmm. English speaking, oh. so the English speaking countries mostly, mm-hmm. and then we'll get some Germans, some Dutch people. Yeah, it's a it's a little you know some French, some Israelis. It's it's a little different, but the, the biggest is US and UK. Okay, and and why is it that way? Just because you're advertising in English, or or they're just more interested, or or just more yeah, of them? I would, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say that perhaps the fact that like the, our website is in English, like all our communication is in English, so. Um, I'm sure that plays a role. I'm sure that's why we get a lot of, of those English speaking people mm-hmm. um, for, for, and they come to us directly. That's the thing. So when people come to us directly, they will, they, they will communicate in English and it's, it's usually from those two countries. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's also because, um, you know, there's a lot of British people who are familiar with wine tours, who, who mm-hmm. like to travel for food and wine because, 
you know, we're talking about people, especially the Americans, if you think about it, like they're in the US and they, yeah. you know, actively, you know, they actively search for wine, a wine and foods themed holiday in Bulgaria. Then they mm -hmm. find us, they contact us directly. Um, that's so, great, actually, that, they, that they're able to find you directly. It's, it's really awesome. And that's, I think, really a, a great achievement for you and your, your business. Yeah, yeah, but it, it goes to show that they're specifically, you know, they're specifically looking for it and then they then they find us, you know, so. Um, and I don't know, another thing is perhaps that they're looking for, you know, these people, these British and, and Americans, the people who come on a tour with us, they have often um, been on other wine tours, right? So they've already visited South Africa and France uh -huh. and Italy. And so they're perhaps looking for something a little different. And then they happen to sort of find us, um, whether they're specifically looking for Bulgaria or Balkan, a Balkan country, right? Um, they, they're adventurous and they, they like the idea of trying something new which is, you know, a wine tour in Bulgaria, as I said before, and not many people even know that Bulgaria makes wine. So, mm. you know, it's obviously people who have some experience who really like wine, you know, the people who book like a full week with us, you know, and they come and, you know, the Americans come all the way just yeah. for that one week wine holiday with us Amazing. and then go home again. Right. So they're like serious, serious wine people, wine <laughs> lovers. Right. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's, I don't know. And I'm just guessing like Italians and Spanish people and French people, like they know wine from their own country. And maybe that also plays a role, right? Because if they're from a country that has fantastic wines, maybe they're just not so. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it plays a role. Like they don't, they don't quite think to themselves, oh, let me try like a, this sort of Balkan destination for, hmm. for wine, you know? Yeah, maybe, so, I don't know? Maybe I think there's also something in the EU, EU, I read about something, and I don't know if this is true, but you're the expert, so you can judge this, that uh, in the beginning, like a lot of foreigners bought land in uh, Bulgaria to, 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 uh, yeah, to grow grapes, let's say it like this. And then we're talking about the, you know, when just the EU started, when Bulgaria started to be part of the EU. But now they're trying to restrict this a little bit because, uh, well, Italy and France, they're, of course, not happy that people can make wine much cheaper in Bulgaria than in their own countries. So that's mm -hmm. um, this is like a political thing. Like, uh, I don't know if this uh -huh. is true. I don't know if this is true, but I read about this. So <laughs> although the EU not, should I mean, be I'm like... You should be open. like, yeah, open and yeah, well, this is the case. If there's a new country, then the business should be the same. But I read something about this. Don't know if it's true, but find it interesting. Anyhow, we do have some foreign owned, we have foreign owned wineries in Bulgaria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do have foreign owned wineries. Yeah, some Italians own wineries here, French, um, Polish. Yeah, we do mm. have a few. So basically, they, they already know how to make wine and they just export this knowledge and they bought the land here. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah. What is the reaction of your customer? How did I see Bulgaria? Because like you say, we, we, I, mean, I didn't even know that there was wine in Bulgaria being produced. So how do they react to this? If, if you take them on a tour, uh, are they surprised or do they know already? Do they compare it with Italy or France? Or how does this go? So the, the great thing is, you know, when people come here, 
because it's, you know, it's typically their first time and they're being adventurous, like I said, and they're mm-hmm. trying something new. They come with like zero expectations. Like they don't, they don't know what to expect, which is, I think, great because, you know, every single person I would say is positively surprised. You know, mm. they're, they always tell us, especially by the end of the tour, um, that they're blown away. Like they had no idea that the quality of the wine here is so good. Like the wines, they're surprised by the, the wines, how good they are. Um, and the food and the people and the, the nature. Like they're always, it's always positive feedback mm-hmm. um, from people. That's great. And that's really great. Yeah, where it makes us very happy. So you're actually advertising Bulgaria in a broader sense like that. Oh, yeah. We're, we're you know, we're spreading the word, you know, where we... Because those people, once they have a good experience with us, they go home and they talk about us, right? So it's like positive word of mouth. And that's, yeah. you know, we've we've actually gotten quite a bit of business through just word of mouth, like people recommending us. And then um, people then book a tour with us like a year, a year later or whatever, because their friends have told, have told them about us. We've had a few mm. Americans like that, actually. Um, not only that, we also get repeat customers. Uh, so we get people mm-hmm. who come on a tour with us. They enjoy it so much they come back. Um, wow, that's great. Especially when they find out that like, you know, because one, one tour with us, even if it's a week tour, it's typically only exploring one or two wine regions mm-hmm. um, in Bulgaria. So there's so much more to see. So during their tour, yeah. when we're talking about the other regions, you know, people are like, "Ooh, we'd like to see that too. <laughs> and so they book another tour with us the next year, which is really cool to go see another region. So how many, uh, how many wine regions does Bulgaria have? I think six, wasn't it six or seven? Well, so we talk about, you know, we talk about five wine regions in oh, Bulgaria. Okay. That's, uh, that's what we typically, um, that's how we typically still divide them. That might change in the future uh-huh. um, because there might be uh, a push for, further classifying the regions yeah Yeah, cutting down the regions so but yeah we've got five so we've got like you and i were in plovdiv so we're in the thracian valley Mm -hmm. and then you have the struma river valley which is down by melnik Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and then you have the rose valley which is not so far from us right where all the roses are yeah and then you have up in the in the north you have the danubian plain which oh yeah plevin um, right around plevin yeah, the whole so almost all of the of north is basically ah. the Danubian plain. So almost everything north of the Balkan Mountains, as you know, the Balkan Mountain range kind of cuts Bulgaria into two. Into, yeah, and, yeah, and so every almost everything north of the Balkan Mountains to the Danube River is the Danubian plain, mm-hmm. and then you have the Black Sea coast mm-hmm. um, by the Black Sea coast. Yeah, that mm-hmm. entire region by the coast. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those are the five. Those are the five larger wine-producing uh, regions, and uh, then you can start to talk about, you know, um, subregions and, you know, whether whether the region should be cut uh, further mm-hmm. down because there there are specific subregions that should almost be a region in, on their own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, five. Five, five regions. regions. Sounds good. Sounds good. So. Um, looking at when you started in 2014, uh, it's 2021 now. In the last year, I mean, you cannot escape from this. You know, we had the, the COVID-19 
uh, and a lot of restrictions have been tourists stay away from, well, basically everything that has to do with hospitality management. Um, first of all, how does it affect you? And secondly, how do you deal with it? So, so 2020, well, as you can imagine, it's been quite, <clears throat> quite a year. So, you know, this pandemic, I would say the tourism industry might just be one of the most heavily impacted industries Mm-hmm. because yes. of this pandemic so for 2020 uh you know we lost almost every single booking mm-hmm. right so we yeah. had we had almost zero um i think we had a uh, one or two just before the lockdown right in early 2020 yes and 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 then everyone else once once like um, this broke out and there were lockdowns and, you know, flights were canceled and you know, everything was getting locked down. People would, would cancel. Um, they would either cancel or they would just uh, postpone their trip. So what, what's nice is uh, the people who decided to postpone, which is, you know, the much better option for the tour company is that you postpone and you don't cancel. Yeah. Um, what, what's nice is the people who've postponed are actually coming, uh, at least some of them are in 2021. So later this year, uh, and perhaps hopefully if things are much better, um, maybe some of them will even push it to 2022. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been a really difficult year for, you know, all businesses in the tourism industry, like hotels, airlines, travel agencies tour operators you know like everyone everyone in the industry has been so impacted Mm -hmm. um and especially for i guess well you know for us we're we're such a small we're so small we're a boutique tour operator Mm -hmm. and uh we were we were just three people or two and a half person as i like to say (laughs) um yeah so so um so you know for us you know the positive thing being so small is that you can adapt really quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a lot of, um, you don't have a lot of expenses. Like you can kind of like downsize really quickly and sort of cut things, you know, compared yeah. to a larger company, I guess. But at the same time, it's also just really difficult when you're small because you're so dependent on the cash flow coming in from your, Mm-hmm. from your sort of individual like just just one tour is a big deal you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> like yeah, just yeah. one like every person counts well for a huge company like one one guest like one tourist is perhaps not so important but for us one tourist is really important and so getting you know almost zero tours uh, like doing zero tours in 2020 almost it, it's been it's been really difficult um but the positive thing is that we could kind of like just put a put a pause, like put the company on pause. Mm. And also I can only recommend people to always have like, don't put all your eggs into one basket and always yeah. have something on the side. So we were quite good at having a couple of, of other things on the side. And uh, no, personally good. speaking, I spent most of 2020 being pregnant and now I'm on maternity <laughs> leave. Uh, so it, you know, it's just like, thank you. <laughs> so it's actually the best time to, to like the best time to have a baby because um, there's no, mm. there's not much going on anyway. Uh, although we are seeing some positive signs for the, for 2021. 
mm. maybe later in 2021. Yes. Uh, because of the vaccination and, you know, maybe things just improving, people are willing to travel more. So yeah. uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Hope so. Hope so. Yes. Um, to go a little bit from what you're doing into your, to, to you as a person, um, what was for you the most positive th- surprise? You know, we both, we already talked about it that we both actually didn't know much about Bulgaria when we came here. So what was for you a very positive surprise? Like you were like, wow, hey, I didn't think this about Bulgaria. <sighs> well, I always say that I, what I like the best the most here is the lifestyle, the, the more relaxed mm-hmm. lifestyle. Um, I guess it's also maybe a Plovdiv thing, right? We have the whole ILAC thing going Ilac, on yes. here. So <laughs> it's super ILAC here. So perhaps I would have felt slightly different in, Sof- in Sofia if I had like a, you know, like I had a job there um, and was living and working in Sofia. Maybe I'd feel differently, but I came to Plovdiv and I just, you know, what's the, I don't know if it's surprising. What I liked is the relaxed lifestyle, the fact that we're close to nature. Um, yeah, that you can just enjoy life more, you know, mm-hmm. for many years, I was, you know, before living here for many years, I was working in the Middle East, and I was working in hotels and working 12 hour shifts, you know, and Oof. just stress, 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 yeah. right, a very busy life. And, um, and then and then you come here and, and it's just such a different pace. And so much more enjoyable. And, and then there's also the fact that I'm from an expensive country right in scandinavia uh-huh. where prices are sky high for everything so um coming here and then just like enjoying the fact that like going out to eat in a restaurant is so affordable having a beer is so affordable like your social life is so rich mm-hmm. because yeah yeah just because people are obviously more social here like there's this culture of going out and sitting out yeah compared to Scandinavia where, you know, it's cold and we sit at home inside, you know. Yeah, yeah same in Holland, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and also it's just so expensive. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't go out every day. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like back in, back in Scandinavia, like you would not, even two, three times a week, you would not go out yeah. like that. Well, in Bulgaria, that's totally normal, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so I really enjoyed the social aspect and the, yeah, and nature, the mountains are beautiful, the weather is wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. I'm talking yeah, it's summer. Yeah, talk, yeah, yeah. when it's warm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. how did your did you have uh reactions from your family and friends when you like told like hey my boyfriend lives in uh, Bulgaria, I did my and I'm deciding that I'm going there and I want to live in Bulgaria. I mean, what did your your folks, let's say in Denmark, told you, or how did they react? I mean, honestly, there wasn't like a big reaction. It's just ah. it, no, because you know, it's it's a little different for me because um, I've been an expat for many many years. So I've mm-hmm. lived in many many countries. So people have, you know, people in Denmark have just become accustomed to the fact that I'm always somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm and not, I, not I, there. I, I, and not there. So, <laughs> so it was just like, oh, right. Okay. Zina's doing this other thing. I mean, cause I, you know, I spent, I spent many years in the middle East and I've, I've traveled and I've lived in different countries and I've worked in different countries. Like I, I, I left Denmark at 18 at mm-hmm. age 18 and I have not been back uh-huh. except for a few months here and there. 
Yeah. So people are like, okay, that's another country Zina's moving to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just like yeah. normal. This was like a normal routine for them. Like, okay, yeah, this is Bulgaria. Good. <laughs> so, what do you yeah. think is what do you think about the future of of uh, Bulgaria in a whole thing? Where do you think Bulgaria is moving to? Where do you see? What do you see is the direct? What do you think is the direction? Maybe you can just see it from your part as a as as a as a, as a tourist country like what do you think is going to happen in that aspect in Bulgaria how will it develop as oh in terms of tourism um well there are a few theories out there so you know I've been attending a, a couple of like online travel conferences mm -hmm. and some people were actually saying that um you know you never know what's going to happen in the future One of the no, positive of things not. about yeah. Bulgaria, yeah, one of the positive things, uh, if we look at it in light of this pandemic, is that there are not a lot of tourists in Bulgaria. It's a, it's a big, um, very open, uh, like open country, like with a lot of nature. So mm -hmm. perhaps people will feel more inclined to come visit now because they'll think to themselves, okay, not too many people we can book private tours that are sort of relatively affordable and we can just be like us. We don't have to be like in a huge bus with like 50 other people. And it's a lot of like open air, um, open air activities and things to see. Right. So they feel more safe in terms mm -hmm. of contracting the virus. Um, and perhaps a negative thing here is our, our rate of vaccination is not so high. Uh -huh. in terms of like uh, other yeah, we, countries i think we are one of the lowest of the eu but holland is also yes. very bad so we are like yeah. fighting for the lowest yeah. place i think but anyhow <laughs> yeah yeah so that that could perhaps have a negative impact um so you, you never you never really know um i'm hoping for the best i'm hoping that people will realize okay you know, you can come to Bulgaria, there's beautiful nature, the weather's great, you know, it's, it's, it's more affordable, the wine is good, the food is good, the people are nice, and so many cultural things to see. And, and we'd love to go, go see uh, Bulgaria. Um, another thing to consider is also um, travel restrictions. You know, in so many other countries, there's still like very high restrictions. And oh, there's always this like sort of fear of a lockdown right there's yeah. a, from the tourist yeah. perspective there's always this fear like am i going to go on holiday somewhere and then all of a sudden they lock down yeah. while i'm there yeah. and just makes my you know make, make my life difficult while yeah. in bulgaria i mean we've we've had lockdowns but a lot of them have been like semi-lockdowns not like full-on lockdowns and we we tend to be a little bit more relaxed Uh, mm -hmm. compared to other countries so perhaps that will also play a role you know but I'm, I'm hoping people were to you know will come and visit and return and I'm hoping people will not uh, just go to the Black Sea coast but actually explore uh -huh. more of the inland yeah, destinations and, 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 drink, and drink really more Bulgarian wine of course and drink more Bulgarian wine <laughs> right and just you know experience the culture experience the people experience the real country good great so that looks like a good that looks basically like a bright future like things things are going to get well here that sounds good I hope so um I hope so. so as a last question or remark is there anything that you 
want to give or want to say to the listeners and watchers of this uh, podcast? You say like, hey, this is something from my heart or from my brain or whatever it comes from, but that you want to share with with uh, the people that are listening or seeing uh, seeing us right now. That's a good question. I guess perhaps, um, you know, as much as possible during these difficult times and during the times that we've, we've just all been through, try to support your local businesses, you know? Mm-hmm. So any local products, local, local tour companies like ours, you know, just support your fellow, na- like your neighbors and support the community. I think that that's something that I'd like to perhaps just uh, get out there because people really need it. Like support small businesses, support, mm-hmm. support your local small businesses. Um, they could really need the, the help. Like they could really, they, need, they really need the support right now. So yeah, that's all I want to say. Great, great message. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Zina, for being on, uh, on the podcast. And, Thank you uh, for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and I think uh, it's finally good that people are aware that we do have wines in Bulgaria, and that they can book a tour with you, and to really get into uh, like a deeper knowledge of uh, of this. And yeah, it's for, it's interesting for me to know why someone from Denmark decides to live in Bulgaria because I don't think there are many Danish people around here in uh, at least in Plovdiv, but I think in in the whole of uh, of Bulgaria anyhow again thank you for uh, for being on the podcast and i'm going to say to the listeners and the watchers dovish dane or just ciao ciao <laughs>